0: Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Cure Insight production, brought to you by CASEL Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. CASEL Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the I Believe podcast. Thank you. Those of you who are joining us live, those of you joining for the recording, we're grateful that you are here to listen. And um, today I'm joined by a special guest from No Story Lost. Um, It's actually founder or co-founder Andrew, uh, who founded No Story Lost shortly after um, recording their grandfather's story. So I'm not actually going to tell the whole part of his intro because I want him to be able to share more about how he founded No Story Lost. So can you just tell us, Andrew, a little more about who you are and how No Story Lost came to be? Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, thanks for having me. So I grew up in a, in a big, as a part of a big family uh, in Calgary, in Canada here, and we had tons of family gatherings. So uh, together we were 14 or 15 people and um, we had these grandparents who were kind of at the center of it all. And so the, the guy that starts the story is this man who was my grandfather, Alan. Uh, we called him Pop, uh, and he was a legend in the family. So he always had the best stories. He'd always keep us entertained with songs and, and old stories and stuff. And uh, that was kind of like a formative thing in my childhood. So I'd always remember going to Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners, and he would always be there telling some story or singing some song. And uh, our family would always say stuff about, we need to write these stories down or someone needs to do something with these. Uh, And so you hear this when you're six or seven years old and you don't think too much about it. You think someone's gonna take care of it. And then I kind of realized I was hearing that same story again, like 10, 15 years later and no one had done anything about it yet. So I was home from college on a break and I thought, you know what, someone's gotta just do this. I'm gonna sit down and just type while he tells some stories. So I sat him down on the couch and with my laptop, just typed live while he was talking, recorded a bunch of his stories and realized like I had quite a bit of the cool stuff written down. So then my cousin and I, um, who he'll come into the story again later, but uh, we thought, okay, we should probably like do some more about this and like maybe print a book or something. So we sat down with him again and recorded this time uh, audio. So we'd have some audio clips of him and wrote down those stories and eventually yeah pulled together this first book so you can see it's pretty narrow there's not there's not a ton in here but we have it and we realized like wow this was a ton of work uh, but it's so cool to have what we have now and our entrepreneurial brain started turning on it thinking if this was this hard for us and is this valuable to have surely there's other families out there who would like to have something like this So that's kind of the roots of how we got started. And from there, we did a uh, project or two for friends and other families. uh, And that started the ball rolling on the company.
0: That's so amazing. And I have loved learning a little more just as I've kind of perused the website and just seen more about what you guys have done um, with people's stories. And uh, I actually just finished reading a book series that, I mean, fantasy, you know, unrelated, but one of the phrases that I loved from this that I actually titled um, our interview with was just this idea that like your story is worth telling and that was just something that really sunk in um especially as a stage four cancer patient myself um when you're really just facing your mortality with a cancer diagnosis that can that can feel really um daunting i think in some ways like you mentioned that it's a lot of work but also i think there's that level of wondering you know when i'm when i'm gone whether it's due to cancer or just whatever happens in my life Mm -hmm. like is my story worth remembering Um, I think that's a question that we then have to face as cancer patients. So uh, I'm curious, you know, what's your, what's your opinion on why capturing life stories might be important and impactful specifically for people in a cancer community Um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, who, who might be facing the more terminal or uh, risky feeling stage four diagnosis.
1: Yeah. So I think it's easy to feel intimidated there that like, you know, do I really have a story or a bunch of lessons to leave And I would say from everything we've heard at very minimum to your family and friends, absolutely. It's priceless. Like no question. So even if you feel like, you know, I don't have the odyssey tale of an amazing life arc necessarily that the world needs to hear. You still can be confident in the fact that it'll mean so much for your friends and family, just to even learn silly little things about you the way you were when you were younger, before people knew you. Um, And we have all these stories of people who said, as they got started, kind of like, ah, oh, my life's boring. I don't know why my kids want to do this. And then you get stories out of that, things like like when they met JFK or like this woman who said they had no stories. And then she, in the first interview, she's talking about how she lived in Manchester in the war and a bomb came through their ceiling, through the second story, landed in their living room, didn't explode, and they had to move to the neighbors for a few weeks. She was like three years old or something. So... I would say being so close to your own story, you also might think it's less remarkable, but pretty much everybody has something interesting that someone maybe doesn't even know about them. Then you kind of ask specifically about for cancer patients. um, And the story kind of comes back around here with my cousin and I, because so he's my best friend. He's my business partner on No Story Lost. And right around the time I was starting to work with Pop on his book, Jeremy's dad had a nasopharyngeal pharyngeal cancer diagnosis, kind of given like 50-50 odds to live. And so Jeremy went on this little mission with him to go camping and spend a few concentrated days together. And he brought a list of like 100 questions to ask your parents and went through all these questions that you just don't think to ask each other on any given Tuesday. But it's sometimes it has to be faced with these difficult circumstances to think, what should I be learning? What should I be asking or telling Uh, to my family, from my life that we mostly just hold in our heads. So I think that was really formative for Jeremy as well to to have that tough experience and then go through asking those questions, learning so much about his dad that was always at his fingertips, but he'd never accessed before. Um, And I think that showed Jeremy especially really the power of even just those basic stories. So that's kind of the other half of our founding story.
0: I love that. That's so neat. Um, and I think it kind of brings back this idea that, um, I guess one question that I had is, you know, do you have people who are, are participating with No Story Lost? Who are they, are they mostly focused on, you know, oh, they're at the end of their life or they're kind of, they've lived a lot of life and they're capturing their stories or, or do you have kind of a mix of people who they're just wanting to, I mean, write down things from, from being a first time parent to graduating Mm -hmm. high school, like that they just have a desire to capture those Kind of monumental parts of their life, or like you said, just the simple things. Um, I guess I'm just trying to gauge, you know, if someone were to come to No Story Lost, do you have maybe an ideal person who is capturing their story, or do you genuinely feel like everyone at all phases of their life, whether they're faced with mortality or not, really could benefit yeah. from doing something like this?
1: Yeah, I'd say on our end, there's not really an ideal. So I would say it's more on the person's end who's thinking of doing it, is like if they feel like there's there's people in their life who would value hearing it uh, that that's enough that makes enough sense right there. But yeah we, we've had stories from anyone who's kind of 40 or 50 years old not facing mortality yet to people at that age who are facing like kind of earlier mortality all the way up to someone who's 100 we've had our first like centenarian project and everything in between uh, we've told stories about couples and how they came together and so lots of kind of both parent stories. So yeah, anytime that someone can tell stories over audio and we can record it, we can make a book out of it. So yeah, people have also done like their wedding story and kind of extended it beyond what we even initially planned to anytime there's stories worth telling that are important to write down.
0: I, I think that's so important. Um, so speaking of, you know, you mentioned the audio and and writing things down. Can you just tell us a little more about the audio or the story capturing process at No Story Lost yeah. and, and how is it that you guys actually, you know, provide, provide this as a service um, so yeah. that uh, people can understand what that looks like?
1: Yeah. So going from kind of this old process where we Cobbled it together, we really broke down like what has to happen here and how can we systemize all those steps to make it make a lot of sense uh, and have it turn out like our newer books, which are a lot more substantial and have color and photos and all that stuff. So they kind of look a little bit more like a proper coffee table book when they're when they're done. Uh so what we do is the first step is a welcome call where we'll just sit with the client and ask, like, what do you really want to see out of your book? What would make it amazing? what are you hoping is definitely in there? Uh, What are some questions we should ask the storyteller? Maybe what are some questions we shouldn't ask if there's anything difficult that we shouldn't bring up? Uh, And then we kick off interviews. So we'll assign a writer and that person will do all the interviews with the person and will also be the person to write the book. So there's really good continuity and understanding of the context. Uh, Those phone calls are recorded and we transcribe them then the writer will write it out into a manuscript Then we gather photos from the family and their favorite color palette. So whatever kind of color they want to have in their book and put it all together into like a designed copy. Then the family gets to see it, go through it all, correct the names of people and places that we might have not known the spelling for, all those sorts of things, make sure it looks perfect. uh, And then we go to print. So those are the, the steps that uh, yeah, it might seem simple to pull a book together, but in the end, you realize it's like a whole series of people and things that we bring together.
0: So is this a process that you guys have been able to adapt for like people who you mentioned, like maybe they only want to tell a segment of part of their story. Maybe they don't want to tell their whole life story. Like, you know, they just want to focus mm-hmm. on one area. Um, have you guys adapted, you know, in those kinds of circumstances?
1: Yeah, so adaptations for like we've done memorial projects for people who are already gone. Uh, We did a project about a two-year-old during COVID who his grandma had never met so it was just kind of the parents telling all about him so that grandma could learn more about him. So in terms of like different types of projects for sure and then other kind of adaptations we've made would be around the process where Um, someone might be deaf or someone might be English second language or other ways that it would be difficult to do the interviewing. Um, Mm -hmm. So in that case, oftentimes having someone else join like a child or a a friend join the interviews to kind of help move things along has helped. Um, Yeah, we try to be try to be adaptable and inclusive where we can just to however we need to kind of get those stories told.
0: Well, and as I think about this and just kind of applications, I'm just thinking, okay, like maybe, maybe this is just me, but I'm sure there's, there's a few other people in our cancer community, at least of, of ocular melanoma patients who would just have, like, this would be such a unique way to tell your diagnosis story. And we Mm -hmm. have, you know, the, we have the occasional person who they've defied all the odds, right? They're 19 years out from diagnosis, despite despite the fact that maybe all of the statistics we have today say that shouldn't really be happening. And so Mm -hmm. like they've survived, you know, kind of against all odds and to be able to have them capture or have them have the opportunity to capture their story and to share, you know, all of the, all of the different things, because I think that a lot of, um, maybe a lot of the cancer patients really just in really any community of, of people who deal with cancer, you develop a level of resilience and you develop a level of just kind of the getting through it that you start to really hone, I think as a person, like you kind of develop the confidence to cope with your own diagnosis. Um, And Mm -hmm. and everybody is unique and that's gonna look different for everyone. But there's there's a phrase that I love that has always kind of come up when I see someone get diagnosed with cancer that kind of lands in this place of this idea that maybe whatever I'm going through could be someone else's survival guide. And I could mm-hmm. totally see how like having the chance to to write down their story. Like I know that I have a book that I've started, but I've never actually finished. And so yeah. like just to have the support to do that, um, because I mean, just to I'm, I'm sure you've seen this in your, in Jeremy's family, but like just to deal with a cancer diagnosis in and of itself is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so to think about the idea of of feeling that desire to, you know, have the project of writing a book, like even if it's just a, you know, just right. to publish a book or to capture and journal the process of how things are going and all of that, um, to have a way that this could all come together and be something meaningful, whether or not you know you leave it behind or not, like whether or not it's it's used in that way right. or not, is is really irrelevant. Uh, Um, I think that this, this really has some immense value and I really hope that those of us, uh, those of the cancer community for ocular melanoma who are listening, uh, who are interested, will be willing to take advantage of just learning more about how this could work. Um, and maybe just writing out, you know, diagnosis to now and just doing that kind of their story if they choose. Mm -hmm. Um, so if someone is interested in, in learning more about no story lost, where would be some of the best places for them to go, Andrew?
1: Yeah. Um, no story is our website. And then we have all the social channels under the same name as well. It's just always no story lost. Uh, that was one of the things we really tried for when we were naming the business was like, can we in 2021 still get all these handles and everything? So yeah, no story lost.com. But yeah, I love what you said about kind of the process um, and, and that being valuable in and of itself, right? The journey of actually writing it down. Can that be helpful? Uh, I think we found that even helpful with people in kind of the dementia community in kind of exercising the memory muscles and asking interesting questions that actually use like different senses to help people draw out memories that they otherwise couldn't. So yeah, that being a guidebook, kind of like you said, uh, to the community or a gift to the community could, could also be really nice purpose for someone who is in, in your community. So that, that's awesome. I've read, uh I've read three different books about cancer patients and their kind of journey. Um, and all those were helpful for me, even though I'm a bit removed, it was my uncle who had that diagnosis. It's, it's so helpful to gain perspective on something that otherwise was kind of foreign to me. Um, I found those really valuable kind of as a supporter too.
0: I think that's so important. Um, and sometimes it can be hard to put voice to all of the, all of that. Like as a as a mm-hmm. patient, you're navigating your diagnosis, you're navigating the medical side of things, all of the appointments, and then to also then have the weight of trying to explain how you're feeling or trying to explain what you've been going through for years Mm -hmm. to anyone and everyone who is interested and to then, you know, have a resource that you could use to share that with people or to share some of the things you've gone through to maybe like update people like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I've dealt with. Um, yeah, like that, that could totally be helpful. Um, but no, I love, I love what you said about, uh, just, I mean, there were so many things that you said, but I just, I really liked what you said. Um, about that opportunity to use it to support someone, like to mm-hmm. for you as a support person to learn more about their journey and to then better support them. Um, I think that definitely could be an application. Um, you mentioned that you guys have done some some uh, kind of adaptations. Um, you mentioned like memorials, things like that. So could could someone else share stories? You know, like if you have a caregiver or uh, maybe mm-hmm. the the son or daughter of a patient, whether or not they've passed or not, but like people who want to kind of contribute their perspective of this person, uh, this person's life. Have you done stories like yeah. where you've gathered that?
1: Yeah. So we've done that both with the subject of the book still with us and also just as memorial ones. So whether that's like, we have one where there's, I think, 15 friends and family all contributing to a memorial book, uh, or we just have ones where you've got a family member who's told, A couple hours of stories and then they also get some siblings or friends to contribute as well so yeah the collaborative ones are really fun too and nice for us to do something a little bit different and bring together a rich story with lots of different perspectives so that's totally an option and by the way if your story if your writing is stuck and you want our help with uh getting your book finished let us know if we can help you with that
0: well i yeah i definitely need to i need to put it on my radar (laughs) of like okay let's consider like on a personal level because I have so many Instagram posts and so many things that I have put out there Like that mm-hmm. my, my grandmother told me years ago. She's like, you could really just write a book, like just copy yeah. and paste all of your Instagram posts and put them in there. But the time it takes to do that <laughs> is mm-hmm. <laughs> its own thing. Um, totally. So anyway, uh, well, I'm going to go ahead and screen share the uh, discount code that we have for the Acure Insight community. Let me just find, there's the share button. Um, so if anyone is interested in learning more about No Story Lost or potentially um, doing their own storybook project, uh, you actually have an opportunity to not only publish a book, but get two extra copies printed with the discount code that is on the screen here. And um, this code is I believe underscore two free books. And it's a, I think it, it's estimated at about a $200 value, uh, which is fantastic and so generous of you guys. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, but I'll yeah, make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Um, but yeah, I guess if, if anyone has specific questions, is there an email that they could contact you guys at?
1: Yeah. Uh, email us at hello at no And then yeah. Happy to answer any questions on our website. We have like a chat function as well. You can chat that's directly with us, not a, not with a okay. robot. So happy to answer any questions people have if they're curious.
0: Wonderful. Um, And just as far as some of the questions that your interviewer has answered, do you guys have samples of those online, like of just kind of a a running list of these are possible avenues we could take for an interview?
1: Yeah, I don't think we have them posted publicly, but we have a list that we share with people who are curious. So So when you have like for that guest
0: call. yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Andrew, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for joining us and for taking the time to just help explain this and, uh, putting this out there to our community specifically, and just seeing the value of, um, really capturing people's stories in, in a tangible way. I think that that's something that, uh, an art form, you know, that historically humankind has Mm -hmm. had for so long and it's, it's really neat to see it come full circle with the advances of technology and, you know, the, the passion and the dedication of a team like No Story Lost to bring people's stories and keep them somewhere treasured, um, and tangible. So thank you so much. Um,
1: Thanks for the kind words and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Um, Just by way of announcements for anyone who's kind of, as we're wrapping up, uh, if you guys are listening, please make sure to check out lookingforacure.org. You can check out the races and events that we have coming up. Uh, We do have our Tampa race coming up on March 24th, I believe. So that's our next one. And then we've got a few coming in the early summer. Um, If you're interested in donating to the podcast, please do so. You can head to acureinsight.org.org org slash donate. Um, and if you're interested in interviewing like Andrew here on the podcast, whether you're an ocular melanoma patient or you have just a different story to tell uh, or a different resource or you know something that would be helpful to our cancer community of ocular melanoma patients, then don't hesitate to reach out at contact at acureinsight.org. Um, we will see you guys next time. And Andrew, thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe Podcast, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe Podcast.